0: Hello and welcome to a Muslim and a Jew unlearning. Woo! Episode number two. Okay. Let's get
1: into it. Um, We had some connectivity
0: troubles, but I think we're, we're, we're good now. You can hear the birds chirping in the background. Julia's currently at the pool. I am. Where are you, Zena? I'm currently in my apartment over in Dallas. And I'm in New York. Beautiful. Love it. So international. Okay. So, we are going to talk about um, five things that we have each recently unlearned. Um, I currently wrote them down. So, I guess I will begin. This is one thing. Okay. Being a person from California, wow, it's a very like weed friendly culture, I guess, blog mm-hmm. culture. Um, and I used to always be the type of person like, Weed is like the healthy drug. Weed is, you know, good for you has so many benefits and stuff like that. But I think that was just me and my like current state of like denial. Um, weed is just not good for you. Like, it's kind of like, I mean, it's not obviously the same as like alcohol. Alcohol is so much worse for you, but weed isn't good for you. It's not like, oh, I'm being healthy, I'm smoking weed. It's like, it, it, it's bad for you in other ways. And there's more and more studies coming out to show that all the benefits from weed come from CBD. Mm -hmm. he just gets you high so it's like you can be honest with yourself like fine like smoke weed but like you're doing it as a way and this is for me I'm going to just speak for myself but I think this is true for a lot of people it was my comfort zone it was where Mm I was going to kind of like not deal with my shit and eventually you get so used to that that you're not dealing with what you need to deal with you know because like oh I'm just going to go home and smoke weed oh I'm not going to go to that social event because I want to go smoke weed and it becomes a bad habit You know, it's not Mm. one thing you do every now and then. You know, becomes a source of, um, I don't know, like a way to kind of put something in a box and leave it. Yeah, band aid. Exactly, a very weak band aid. We
1: talked about recently CBD versus THC, and I I love CBD. Actually, just took an apple cider vinegar CBD gummy from Highline Wellness. Mm -hmm. And it's Delicious. really, I mean,
0: the studies are extensive, like, but it's, you can't link it to THC. It's not yeah. at all CBD, you know, like full, yes, take CBD, but like smoking weed to get high. I mean, yeah, get high, but you're not helping yourself.
1: So you have unlearned your um, thoughts on weed?
0: Yeah, I've unlearned and realized that weed just because it's not alcohol just because it's not cocaine just because like you know it's fine it's for you, for you. Like, yeah it, it, it is too it's because we in school they really did lie to us about weed like weed is like the gateway the gateway drug, Yeah, it's going to do this this and that to you and then it didn't so when we saw it, it didn't we're like oh it's good for you well no like it's <laughs> not as bad as they said it was but it's definitely not good for you um so, I think that's what it is. It's like learning and understanding, like, we distill a drug and it's like, it's harmful, right? I used to think it had no harm, there was no problem with it. And then now I'm like, okay, obviously there's plenty. And like, it can become a bad habit for personally, for
1: some people. It's not like, yeah, safe because there's CBD in it and CBDs can be good for you.
0: Exactly. Like, it's all about quantity. So it's, like, if you're going to be smoking weed every day, that's a problem. If you can do it every now and then, just, like, a glass of wine, it's fine. But don't rely on it. That's the thing. I was relying on it. Yeah. And that's when it becomes bad, for sure.
1: All right. Um. Okay, my number one is, like, on a very different wavelength. Mine was um, race and racism. Um, unlearning race as um, – something scientific, like race is a social construct. And I cannot believe I was 23 when I learned that. Um, And I learned racism as history my whole life. And racism is absolutely one of the most defining characteristics of our society, American society and global society today. So just like, I feel like I literally didn't know what race or racism was until the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. and that changes everything so Mm -hmm. that was my number one
0: what would you say was like the thing that kind of like what I mean I guess it's pretty hard question but like what was that aha moment um honestly I have to get
1: it really was our DEI training
0: um diversity equity
1: inclusion and inclusion training um Yeah, and then I guess I had to do a lot of research on my own to talk about it with my students. So that was also where I learned a lot, and then also just seeing their reactions to it. And also, actually, oh, my God, I have to figure out who ran this training. It was a PD we did at work. And that's where they explained to us, how racism was built, like, um, not a spec a hierarchy with white on the top and black on the bottom and everybody else in between. And, you know, like the whiter you are, the higher value you have and the darker you are, literally the less value you're given in our society. Um, and when I saw it like drawn out like that, that was like, that was an aha moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I really appreciate like all the, cause knowing you and seeing you the past two years, you did that all on your own. Like you weren't employing, you know, other people and other people of color to explain it to you. You really mm-hmm. like you did that on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever had to explain it to you. I don't think anyone of us had to explain it to you. You really did it on your own and that's rare. And that's like, mm-hmm. Wait, I mean, imagine if, like, every white person, like, actually took the initiative. That would be to, so like, sick. Not like, what can I do better to be your ally? Go look it up. Go, exactly, go like, it. Google it. Like, Google
1: it. I just... <laughs> ...and white supremacy. Did I tell you that? Yeah, we were DMing about it. Um, mm-hmm. And that was, like, really good for me because I do feel like I was in a kind of complacent place where I was, like, I'm better than... I can't believe I'm about to say this. I am better than most of the white people. Like I know more than them, and I am so much better than I was two years ago. So like I felt good about myself instead of like still being in like a learning mindset. And like I still am have so much to learn and can be so much better. And so that book helped me like kind of face that. Yeah, that's
0: awesome. Beautiful. All right, going on. I highly to- recommended. Oh, thousand percent. Um, I, another thing I've learned was listen more rather than like giving advice. Um, and this is a big thing because I think a lot of people are guilty of this. I definitely am. And it's like when someone's like talking about something that happened to them at work and like they're having an issue, like it's always our like impulse to be like, well, you should probably do A, B, C, D, you know, first of all we may not even understand the problem just in that conversation. Like the problem is so much deeper than that probably. So to give advice right off the bat, you are probably gonna give them um, like some, something incorrect, you know, because you don't understand the problem enough. So you have to ask more questions, yeah. you know, and dig deeper. And then Absolutely. you have to ask them what do you want and so on, yes. and so on. Sometimes mm-hmm. people just
1: wanna be like listened to, like mm-hmm. sometimes they just wanna like bitch about something. And like, I know that I can solve it and deal with it. But so like, I don't really need you to tell me a solution. I just need to like, say how I feel.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know what? It's like when you're in that state of mind and kind of stressed and you're talking about your problem, the last thing you want is like to, to add something to your to do list. So, okay. And now I have to like go and confront the situation by doing a, B and C because it's then pretty- it told me to. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, and I, it's so funny because I literally am so guilty of that and like, I grew up feeling just so kind of like unheard because everyone was just telling me what I should do rather than just like, oh, wow, you're having a hard day. Like sometimes you're just Mm -hmm. having a bad day. Sometimes it's not even for a particular reason. Like maybe one thing just kind of ticked you off and usually that one thing won't tick you off. But that day it did. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't mean you have to tackle that issue. It just means like you had some problems and you just want to let it out, you know? And like, I was listening to a podcast uh, by Brene Brown. Love. Love her. And- she said that, like, you know, her daughter didn't get invited to a sleepover or something like that. And she had this urge to kind of, like, want to make a sleepover for her daughter and do all these things. Fix it. And then she kind of was sat there and she's like, I know it's hard. That's awesome. And, like, that, honestly, is so much better. It's like, damn, you feel validated, you know? Yeah like when someone's giving you advice you don't really feel validated you're kind of like okay so my problem is not that important there's something i can do so i should probably suck it up that's kind of like how it sounds yeah and so i'm like damn i always give people constant advice i'm like i need to like sometimes i'm like oh mm," and i have to stop you are unlearning the tendency
1: to advise people.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Because that's so what you want also. Exactly. Like listen more. Like ask more questions. Mm-hmm. give advice. Until honestly, they ask for it. And I like, think there's one thing I heard it was, What do you need from me? Like yeah. asking that. What that's do you need nice. from me? And sometimes it yeah. will be like, listen, that's what you need to. Do. Yeah
1: can I do anything or do you just want you can also say like do you want me to give you advice or do you want me
0: to just listen yeah <laughs> something that. like that like that's so much better than being like well I think yeah. yeah I feel like
1: I say that to you so like do you want me to tell you what to do or do you want to just tell me what's going on yeah, that's a
0: good- <laughs> so, yeah questions like that. <laughs> that um
1: okay I like that one my second one was um I we're, we want to talk about this more in like a its own episode but um has to do with like eating habits. Like, um, I used to live my life constantly every second of every day thinking about, um, what I was going to eat and if it was going to, um, help me be skinny or make me gain weight. I have, I am on learning that mindset. And what I think about now is if food is going to make me feel good or if it's going to make me not feel good. And that was very transformative for me because I've, as you know, tried like a lot of different ways to handle like disorderly eating, disordered eating. And that was the first, that like mindset change was the first thing that actually made a difference for me. So just like unlearning that food makes you fat or skinny because it doesn't it makes you healthy or unhealthy and that okay. has nothing to do with if you look scared mm-hmm. in most cases
0: yeah no that's I think that's like the thing because I guess it's like about motivation because I'm on the same exact boat with you like I mm-hmm. had not even. Eating- I was constantly thinking about every single day counting my calories at an yeah, average you like know the calories of literally everything I li- And now, I, I mean, it's, like, still there. Like, I literally know the mm-hmm. calories of everything. Like, you can throw something at me, and I'm like, hmm, this much. It's not good. Um, but I think, yeah, for me, it was, like, mindset because, like, think about with exercising. I don't know. Even though it's away from food, think about with, like, exercising. You are more motivated to do that workout if you're like, oh, I'm going to feel so much better yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to look good in about a month. Skinny. Yeah. you know like you feel good right after the workout yes. that that's why you do the workout food not is the same way the yeah so it's like the same way so with the food it's like you're gonna eat like a meal but you want it to be filling and good for you because you want to feel really good afterwards and energetic not yeah
1: instead like that. of being like i'm not going to eat x because i want to be skinny i say to myself and i like have to say it like i'm going to eat why because it's gonna make me feel good and like give me
0: energy Mm -hmm. exactly and then it does and you feel really good and And so you you can enjoy eating yeah and then you start to feel and this is what's really cool you start to feel a difference too like if you're really craving something like like I don't know you really want like that slice of cake eat that slice of cake seriously eat that slice of cake but it's like another thing too it's like what I've noticed is like after eating a really heavy meal that's like not super good for you I do feel really sluggish and kind of sick yeah you know, I feel kind of like and I enjoyed the meal it's great but it's kind of like oh but I see now like eating healthy what it does it, like the differences so that kind of motivates you yeah. more to do it but then again if you're craving something eat it, it don't hide yourself that's your
1: body intuitive eating mm-hmm. um, yeah it's also less demoralizing to be like oh my god it feels so sick but that cake was so good then oh my god like I'm gonna be so fat like like because I ate that cake exactly just, like, so unkind mm-hmm. or like I'm gonna be so ugly because I ate that
0: cake mm-hmm. or it's like oh okay now what I'm gonna do to make up for like eating that cake like I won't eat like a yeah, breakfast yeah or like that. and it just exactly and you don't even enjoy the cake
1: <laughs> I, used to, I used to like binge eat and then be like I won't eat anything except for spinach tomorrow um I just ate a pizza and it was really good like I can't wait to eat so many vegetables tomorrow. Not like not eat.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Like just eat, but just replenish your body. Like, I don't know. Stuff like that. Yeah. So I think it's like, focus on the feeling you want. Don't focus on how you look because then every single thing I've read, it just, if that's the goal, it's not going to last. Yeah. It's
1: also just like, you you will be unhappy.
0: You will. You will. Yeah. You'll be skinny. You're going to be so unhappy. Like, imagine not being able to eat yummy food, like, fun food.
1: Oh, my <laughs> God. I enjoy eating. Fun.
0: Yeah. Eating it also so
1: makes good. eating healthy like a punishment when, like, now I enjoy eating healthy.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the most beautiful thing about all this is, like, it wasn't even that, like, I guess it's hard in a way, but it was just a mindset change. That's really yes. what it was.
1: Just right. You also have to figure it out. Like, I just, it clicked for me in a very, when I was in, like, a very dark space. And, like, you can't really make it click for someone else
0: exactly like and it's not easy to have that mindset because like for me i felt like i was so desperate to feel good i just was feeling so bad all the time and i was like i can't take it anymore like mm-hmm. i was in yeah like i felt like mentally rock bottom and i was like this yeah. is i can't fucking take it anymore i need to do something yeah and that's what it was so so people need that those moments and it's so different for everybody mm-hmm. and that's what's right about these self-help books like it's about your own individual experience. You don't have to do do steps one through five, and you'll yeah, like what
1: resonates with you.
0: Yeah, like you need to find that and, connection. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So that was my. What was that? My third one? No, that was only my second one. Okay. What was your third one?
0: Um. Okay. So this is like. I think my, this might be like obvious for some people, but like, it's a bad day, not a bad life. It's a tiring week. It's not a bad life like that's something I've really I just like I try to understand because like I think one thing that I heard once upon a time like you know when like you get that really happy feeling like I don't know you're going down a roller coaster or like honestly you're drunk runner's high yeah like a runner's high (laughs) (laughs) um but like that super like exhilarating feeling that's kind of like a a feeling you know it's not constant you're not supposed to feel that it's fleeting exactly like it's not supposed to happen constantly throughout the day. And it's like, if you don't feel that way, you're unhappy. Like, sometimes yeah. you can just be chill. Remember that word you discovered, languishing?
1: Languishing. I was languishing
0: during COVID. Yes. So but it's I'm kind not of like, a
1: languished person. Mm-hmm. I
0: was languishing. Yeah. So, like, how would you describe langu- languishing? It's like you're kind of just feeling, it's like
1: feeling like, it's not like depressed, but like you just don't feel motivated and like, you don't feel sharp, and you just feel like blessed, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you have to just be okay with not being okay sometimes. Exactly, that's something I've learned.
0: And I feel this. like with people, and like that's a normal feeling to have. It's not a bad feeling. Like the feelings that you have to worry about and maybe medicate for um are like you know serious, like like depression, like actual consistent like symptoms of depression like you don't feel uplifted yeah or like
1: serious anxiety like there are there Uh are a lot of things that need treatment and attention but like so even if you don't have those things like you also need like mental health is comes in waves and like Mm -hmm. you have to like go through
0: all the waves and that's the thing. It's like embracing and going through all of those waves. Like maybe you're not like depressed, but you feel it sometimes. Maybe you're not super anxious all the time, but you do feel it sometimes. Like those things, I think I learned like to accept and embrace because you know the beautiful feelings, the happy feelings. Like those are really great too. But like the sad feelings and the disappointment, in some ways. That could that's also beautiful too, because in my head it's like those are human emotions. Mm -hmm, Like you're feeling mm -hmm. all the emotions and like the bad feelings, sometimes you need to pay attention to those. Don't go to the and smoke weed to take care of it. Don't go and drink to take care of it. Sit in it, you know? Sit in it. And you learn so much from it. So it's like and then everyone can do that and sit in it different ways. I use a journal. And, like, I'm reflecting and thinking about those feelings. And you learn a lot about yourself. And that makes you comfortable with those feelings. Yeah. It also
1: makes you learn about what makes you feel different. Uh
0: Exactly. Um, Like, you learn about your triggers and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: I was thinking about this recently, actually. I'm so obsessed with talking about race. Um, It's just, like, talking to my mom about, like, my bubble of being burst of, like, I don't know, um, being, like, (laughs) like, my white American bubble being uh, popped, and I was, like, really not okay, um, but I feel like I live now just, like, a richer and, like, deeper and, like, more meaningful life than when I was just happy all the time, like, in college, I was literally happy all the time, um, and it was so fun, obviously, but it was like rich experience in life I feel like i have now and that's because of ugliness that mm-hmm. i became aware of or experienced
0: yeah see there you that's a really i really love that per, other perspective because like like it's it's especially right now where everyone's so aware and becoming so aware yeah. like a lot of people are going through it you know because everyone's bubble is getting burst and, and they like don't the- want
1: them to a lot of times. They don't mm-hmm. want to be
0: uncomfortable and to be like, wow, a lot of stuff sucks that I didn't yeah. realize.
1: But and like, there is so a light important-
0: to that. Exactly. Like, and that's why it's so important to be, uncomfort- to be comfortable with the uncomfortable because mm-hmm. life is uncomfortable. Life is really fucked up. I mean, look what's happening, not only in the United States, but all around the world. I mean, my whole feed, it's like different infographics about all the chaos that's happening. Yeah. Like, that's it'll just because-
1: stop. Never- our feeds like, no, we want to hear the depressing stuff.
0: I know. We're like, we need I'm to like, know I I wonder what other people's accounts look like. Yeah, literally. My and...
1: all just like, I'm just getting wrecked when I go to my explore page.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're having a good day, and then you're like, I don't know. I forgot about all the stuff that's happening. It's like, oh shit, you're right. And a lot of people are like, oh man, the world is just so crazy right now. It's like, I mean, right even- now. I teach world history. It's been crazy. I mean, this is like very like this is the world how it works. It's never been good, yeah, ever, you know. But we are just really good good at it, huh? It's always been good and bad. Exactly. It's always been some people
1: have been experiencing
0: the bad. Exactly, and then but it's become to a point now where it's like so disproportionate that some yeah you're right like some people are experiencing the bad more than others, and some people are really good at just hiding themselves from the bad you know so that's why it feels like oh my god everything's crazy because you just found out about it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah exactly that's exactly how I felt so it's like we have to learn to be like do something about those things donate raise awareness protest do everything but know that like you're not going to save the world and you have to be okay with that as long as you're doing something be happy that you're doing something people
1: feel like you either have to save the world or do nothing Uh ah and that is a depressing feeling that's where you get feel languished exactly with the way things are but there's nothing I can do
0: so I'm just gonna like
1: feel shitty about it
0: exactly and it's like look these things have always been happening They really have so it's best to do something about it because it's like the idea of like kindness kindness is one of those um pillars that you do to help yourself feel happy like literally from opening door to someone to donating to doing something and like those things are healthy for you it's good for your mental health do those things not only about like saving the world but it's also like good for you and maybe it's not gonna do anything honestly but like it's gonna do something in some way somehow if anything it's just gonna make you feel better so better to do that than be like oh my god the world's horrible like let me go cry about it you can cry cry. i love crying but like like, try and act okay yeah try and act
1: yeah um my my number three yes um is, uh, worthy of, um, its own discussion. So I will like kind of give you like an overview. It just says anti-blackness because, and that's because, um, of reading me and white supremacy is when I realized I put a name to something I'm unlearning, which is anti-blackness. And I probably would have been really uncomfortable or like ashamed or embarrassed to say that a while ago. Um, But the reality is that every single person in this country, myself included, has internalized anti-blackness, anti-blackness to men, to black men, to black women in different ways, um, to black children. And I had, like, the book was basically the journal prompts. I had to, like, write down my own anti-blackness, which is, like, horrible because you're it's it's just like a it's a difficult thing to confront um but it helped me like realize that is something that I have inside of me that I'm unlearning um so just kind of yeah looking at the narrative I've been told about black people and african-american people and the narrative I've been told about white people um and that is very um there's obviously way more to the racial um Culture of our country, but like when looking at black and white, anti-blackness is like a huge thing um, that we've all internalized, um, and you have to be able to like name that to unlearn it. Mm -hmm. And I definitely have been, but I didn't. I guess I just didn't realize that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Because like you you think about racism, but anti-blackness is something very specific. Yeah, that like we've been taught through the media. From the way politicians talk,
0: from like incarceration, from the war on drugs, like, like it's literally you will root like a pro like pick one, pro, mass incarceration. I mean, it's clearly directed and disproportionately going against Black people, you know. Yeah. And then you go to like housing, disproportionately attacking Black people. Like, it's all literally roots into anti-Blackness. Like, if yeah. you trace history back, back you will see it. So yeah. that's why we talk about anti-blackness when we're talking about racism because yeah. it starts there and it trickles against other people of color. Like and that's that. Why I feel like
1: yeah, there's like so much to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. The yeah. There's so yeah. much to it that it like needs its own episode and like I literally need to go back into the book and like my journal and like tell you about it. Um
0: yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's, a very, do that. it's a very
1: uncomfortable thing to unlearn because you have to say and learn to this. And nobody exactly. wants to say that. People are afraid of like being called racist. it's
0: mm-hmm. like every single human being in this society is biased because every and single thing yeah. is mm-hmm. biased. So it's like I don't. You're not going. You're not going to not be biased. We've all been racially so- socialized. Mm-hmm. And, like exactly. you just
1: have to like know move forward, and learn mm-hmm. from
0: that. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I think my fourth one it is. It is not about you. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, yeah. Like, I I think one turning point for me, it's like, okay, everyone, everyone knows, like, here's this. You've been hearing it for years, but it doesn't click until one day, I don't know, it just clicks. And I was reading this book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I haven't. It. It's such okay. a great book, and it's really funny. <laughs> um, but he, like, talks about... I don't know, like you everyone is their the star of their own movie, right? Yeah, we're so so about themselves And it's like, so why would they think about you? Why are you so important to them? You know, and maybe to one person you like my mom is probably thinking about me all the time. She does, you know, my mom does. But like most people are not. And I you know what I also think about? Think about you in the audience when you're watching someone give a speech, okay? And it's a speech you didn't want to go to. It's like most times you hear speeches because you're just, it's happening, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, are you like most of the time really intently thinking about every single detail about that person's speech and every single detail that, about that person and like uh, paying attention 100%? Because I'm not. I'm like I'm about not. how it applies to me. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pay attention, think about how it applies to me, think about me, look around, doze off, pay attention, look, right? But- We, as the people, are going up on stage thinking, oh, my God, they're going to stare at us. They're going to judge us. They're going to look at us. They're going to make all these – when they're not, they're most likely bored in the crowd. Not really. School presentations. Like, I get so nervous. And I'm like, wait, I'm
1: not – no one's listening to me. They're not (laughs)
0: listening to you. And so you apply that mentality to, like, everything else, you know? like People are concerned about themselves, not you. Yeah, they're more concerned about themselves. And so whenever a thing happens, let's say someone kind of, like, made you mad like they didn't Im- explicitly insult you but they did something that's like oh my god like how dare they do a b and c where it's like well their actions are m- a product of what's happening in their lives in themselves it's not a product of you really it isn't you know and i wish i could think of an example like right off the bat well i'm, I'm tell me
1: if this is an example that kind of is mm-hmm. going to what you're saying like sometimes when i'm like doing anything by myself like whether it's like working out or like going for a walk or like going grocery um like I think if anyone looks at me like they're like judging me or like I think if (laughs) I see other people like that are with other people and they're talking about me and I'm like wait that's so stupid
0: (laughs) they don't even notice me (laughs) (laughs) exactly so that's a really good example, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, I think we all, like, fall, like, victim to that, like, yeah. we all be like, oh, but it's not ever the case. Yeah. You yeah. apply that mentality to literally everything, and it's, like, even if someone, like, says something kind of rude, it's, like, damn, that person's going through some shit, like, Exactly,
1: like, I, when people are mean or rude or, like, cut you off on the road or, like, I don't know, say something mean on the street, like, instead of being, like, that person like
0: maybe just be like I hope that person's okay
1: I hope so I hope you get better in your Yeah
0: because think about it like it's this like me. would you cut like get be like if you're rude to somebody for no reason well maybe there's a reason but like
1: if you're there's just no reason
0: it's there's a reason within you within you, right? Like, why, like, imagine how unhappy a person is to actually, like, make another, go out of their way to make another person feel bad. Yeah. Like, what is going on with that person to literally say, hmm, let me ruin this person's day? Like, something's up, you know? And it's, like, maybe they're not explicitly thinking that. Maybe they're just angry, and they just want to yeah. let you out. Like, they're going through something. So, in those moments, you'd be, like, oh, man, like, you need to feel bad, you yeah. know? And of course, they should be held accountable in other ways, but it's, like, don't worry about it because, like, it's not about you at all. Yeah. You can raise your concern to them if it really hurt you, if it's a friend. But, like, don't be too mad about it because they're going through something to – clearly if they're going to say something mean, you know? Yeah.
1: I also think it just makes you more empathetic when instead of being angry at other people, you can just um imagine their like, where they're coming from and yeah. hope for the best for them instead of, like, yeah. wasting your own anger on it. I've like been thinking yeah. about that later lately with, like, Trumpers. I'm, mm-hmm. like, I hated them so much for so long, and now I'm genuinely, like,
0: I hope you see the light. Because they are clearly the most terrified group of people I, ha- yeah, I, mean, like, I'm I have. I'm sorry that, like, there's hate in your heart like that. They, I mean, they are terrified. They are very scared. And it was, obviously, it was all rooted in ignorance and bigotry. But, like, mm-hmm. I mean, oh my goodness, something is going on. With and them. also, hating people for, for hating people, you know,
1: mm-hmm. like hating homophobic people for being homophobic doesn't fix homophobia. It doesn't. It just like creates more anger.
0: Like, where? Because, again, it's like all that hate, it's rooted in fear. Yeah. What are they scared of? So you know, you I mean, that it's with like, yeah. Like obviously valid. I mean to say, like obviously, it's not valid to hate a group of people, but like there is might be something going on mentally that is creating this fear and this hate, you know. And of course, right. and then with fear comes the hate. Those things. I mean, it comes from like mental health too. Like, and then of that's course,
1: I to understand mm-hmm. in order yeah. to
0: create understanding. <laughs> yes. And, yeah, and that's when it's, like, hard because, like, like, for us, at least, like, it comes from a place of privilege to say that, you know, because, like, imagine people who have gone through so much at the hands of those people. Yeah. And, again, it's like, all right, that's yeah. not the job, But because we have that privilege, it's like, okay, we can try to seek and understand. But we can't expect others to because, you know, we've had different experiences. But if you can seek to understand, try. Yeah.
1: Uh, with, that kind of, like, leads me into my fourth one, actually, that has, has negatively impacted you personally and not me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is Orientalism, uh, yeah. which is something that I started unlearning in college in mm-hmm. this really awesome class I took, was it, senior year? Mm-hmm. Youth and New Media in the Middle East, and that's when I learned what Orientalism is, which, again, we said we wanted to do an episode on this
0: you want to briefly describe it
1: brief description would be the western lens through which we view the eastern world um and that pretty much encompasses like the middle east africa and asia i guess Mm -hmm. but we kind of categorize all of those countries and cultures as like one orientalist view which is why you shouldn't call things oriental because um, and it's just like the narrative of Arabs and Middle Easterners and Africans being mm. savage and exotic, and
0: um, it's literally how Aladdin is. Displayed. Yes, Aladdin is a good example. Watch Aladdin demonizing so-
1: and. Um, rampant in our um, mm-hmm. news, media, movies, TV shows, music videos. It's Nothing. everywhere. So, like, we definitely, it's something we need to talk about more in depth, but it's something that I am definitely um, have been unlearning for a while but continue to see ways in which it's uh, playing out in my own brain
0: and around me. Exactly. Yeah, and even me, like, I'm unlearning it and, like, I'm Arab and I'm like, yeah, trying really hard because, I mean, any movie, even right now, we're so behind. We're getting better with, like, the way we view, like, the black community, for example, in the United States or just in general um, or um, Latinx individuals. But, like, I feel like we are not getting anywhere when it comes to the way no. Middle Eastern Americans are, and Arabs are. Islamophobia yeah. has a lot to do with that also. Literally, like, I feel like we have not improved whatsoever. I haven't seen anything. I still see the Muslim girl trope where, like, she takes off her hijab. For the white boy um, who's going to come and save her from her oppressive father—that's literally what's happening in that one show, *Elite*. Um, this Spanish show. Yeah. That is—I mean—that trope right there—that is a problem. The yeah. fact this is a show yeah. that's going on right now. Like we are nowhere with that. So I—we definitely need to talk about Orientalism. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> okay, and then I guess this will be my last one. So this one. Okay. Having a (laughs) lot of sleep or being busy as a badge of honor. That's all Mm. bullshit. If you're like, I literally people will be like, man, I was like up all night. I've been working like 70 hours this week. Like, oh my goodness. And everyone's like, good job. Like you're such a hard worker. Like, no, you're literally (laughs) killing yourself. You should not be. Why are you not sleeping? Like what you're deteriorating your body for what? For what? Literally. (laughs) Just like, oh my God, why would I ever so that's why it's like I don't stay at school, like for at work longer than I need to. I don't do anything I don't need to do because my health is important. important. It's just more
1: important. Aren't the best educator you can be when Mm -hmm. you are a shell of a human being, which is what I learned last year. Literally. Yeah. Like there was one day that I was so sick and not okay one of my kids was like, I'm going to tell the principal that you have to go home if you don't go tell them yourself. My class was like, you're not okay, go home. And mm-hmm. I like didn't want to leave them. What? I couldn't leave them with a the sub for one hour to like not be sick?
0: <laughs> Literally. No. That's and- not cool I- to like overwork
1: yourself to the point where you're like not even doing a good job and you're not happy.
0: Like you can't show up at work or anywhere and you can't be successful if you are not okay, you know? And it's like the idea of like, Oh, I need to do A, B, C, D, E, F until, and then I'll be happy. Where it's like, no, no, you need to be happy first and okay first, then the success comes afterwards. Mm-hmm. Success doesn't happen. Happiness doesn't happen after success. Like, happiness happens first, mm-hmm. then success. Like, that's just our
1: American capitalist, toxic professional
0: mindset. I don't know. Yeah. That's what so it the is. It's, you was, are, the more valuable
1: you are as a human being. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Like our worth is rooted in our work where it's like, oh my God, what? what? Wait, it's like really, th- place yourself out of that for a second. How in the world does that make any sense? Yeah.
1: Not that you can't like, love your work and live for your work, but like you also have to, I don't know. I don't know. We shouldn't be rewarding people for like driving themselves into the ground
0: literally yeah oh god yeah no it's we need to like
1: definitely like check ourselves on that yeah Um, yeah um my last one is kind of vague I was just thinking gender and gender roles and gender norms and we always talk about the patriarchy like misogyny but also gender as a syndrome and and gender and colonialism like I don't know is like everything i feel like i ever learned about gender and like my gender identity um and even sexuality is like all rooted in like colonialism and that is probably really a confusing sentence to a lot of people i like just started learning about this okay what is this guy's name Follow this guy on instagram oh my gosh i'm gonna like try to find him right now um you know when you can like picture someone's handle but you don't know what their name is? Yeah. <laughs> um okay. I'm Alok V Menon. Alok is his name. Yeah. Um post so much stuff about all those things I just said and I um somebody cuz like I'm not exposed to different perspectives when it comes to that like um, topic. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, so I just feel like I've been unlearning that you know men are men and women are women. And
0: I know what you mean respected
1: because like yeah. with um, man, other other languages and communities have words for men and women in one, mm-hmm. and like people who have men, female and male qualities, like. W- like colonialism started this idea of like the binary the gender binary
0: yeah like even when you look at like periods like I know um like in Hawaiian culture like certain tribes and again like it's definitely more detailed than that but what a woman on her period was seen as a very beautiful thing you know she mm-hmm. was really powerful in those moments now it's I like mean, we can't talk about, you know. about it. it's like don't talk about periods it's dirty yeah you know like it's like, something as simple as that
1: in shakespeare like men used to dress up like women all the time mm-hmm. like why is that like something that we like are so aggressively like hateful towards now who cares why do we gender clothing that's weird
0: and there, it's like that. I need to like more look more into like when did we start doing that? That's why I'm like, we need an episode why? on this.
1: Yeah, we need like a lot of things. of
0: things.
1: A lot of questions just came up right if it's, now. The gender binary and like gender norms. I feel like it's something mm-hmm. I'm learning.
0: Exactly, and same, and that's why. I like, I think I was gonna add that in, but it's like I'm still getting to that point, and I'm yes. still more it's about like, it.
1: it's a newer thing for us. I feel like mm-hmm. we're more focused on like the race stuff exactly yeah and religious stuff um also like something as simple as like I used to be like um think about like uh weddings and dresses and rings and stuff and like um get ex- like talk about that with like my friends when we were little like girls and then I realized like one day wait I like actually don't find that interesting at all like yeah. why did I why did I think I needed to be like fantasizing about a wedding? Oh, because I've literally been told that little girls only fantasize about that and boys don't care. It's time And make- I'm like, wait, I also don't care.
0: Mm-hmm. Why am I pretending I like, do? I don't think that I care. Like the wedding industry, it's like a multi-billion dollar industry. It's like in embedding those ideas into us is like their way yeah. of making money later. So it's like, of course, when it comes to like, why do we do these? Things, it's like it's always going to be money. It's going to be why <laughs> and power. But like, yeah. I want to know more into that. Like, I want to know, yeah. understand these things more. Um. So yeah, definitely need to get into that. But those are so far. Obviously, one of the many, many, many things I'm unlearning, or we are unlearning. Mm-hmm.
1: But those um, are the five that came to mind.
0: Yeah, and we're mm-hmm. gonna actually do this. Like, like I don't know. Like, maybe. Like, periodically we're gonna do like five things we've unlearned um yeah so that'd be really cool okay well
1: that was interesting <laughs> that was fun I this topic.
0: um
1: and we kind of just outlined more like things we need to make episodes about so yeah, yeah. Um, um i'm going to tanzania tomorrow for two weeks so like we have to figure out when we're going to
0: record again And we will figure that out momentarily. Yeah. All right. We'll sign off. Thank you for listening. And we will see you
1: soon. Unlearn something today.
0: Go learn. Go read a book. (laughs) Welcome to a Muslim and a Jew. (laughs) Unlearning.
1: We are um, consistently
0: battling technical difficulties from afar but we're doing it for people like who are literally not going to be living in the same place for like duration of this podcast so where are you right now i am back in dallas without you where are you Mm -hmm. i am in southern california specifically found valley huntington beach california uh, if anyone doesn't know, it's about thirty minutes from LA. <laughs> yes, but um that is my hometown. But I'll be going back to Dallas next week to see Julia to say goodbye to her. Thank God uh, she goes off to Tel Aviv.
1: You did make Zona change her flight so that we can overlap one? I time.
0: literally changed my flight. I changed my flight to go say buddy That's my chance. Yes. Yeah. That's this is lot. like super sweet. Yeah. And speaking of love, let's talk about self love self-love. That was it. Let's great. talk about mental health arts, mental health journeys. Um, this is a topic we love to talk about. Like, I what, mean, when I met seriously, know, when I met you, I was like, oh my gosh, like I like I think you're the one person that like well, we both do like the same type of like mental health things or like really mm-hmm. into it, whereas other people like go like hesitate or not sure, like it's too much work. But I feel like we're on the same boat in terms of, like, how important and essential it is for us. I think we
1: both had, like, boundaries for ourselves when we met each other. And a lot of people that we were around kind of didn't. So, yeah, we're going to take a – we're going to pause on the political today. Talk about mental health and self-care and tips and tricks and –
0: our journeys <laughs> okay so basically i think we kind of like talked about how we're gonna like outline maybe like you know four to five things or maybe three to four things or whatever that we do mm-hmm. um so i guess i'll begin and i think like the main there's two keys i think to like that mental health journey um like all the things that some people do it's like how do they have like the effort and the motivation to like do the meditation and the exercising and the eating health you need to reach like our breaking point for me, like, mm-hmm. I, and that was for me, yeah. like, I needed to literally be desperate. Like, I need to do something now. Like, I think the when the pandemic hit, um, I was feeling just so, I mean, like everybody else, like a range of emotions. And I felt super break, brokenhearted, not having seen my kids. I mean, I think that's, like, really did to me. Just such a broken heart. Felt sad for so long. Like, mm-hmm. I, it got to a point where, like, sometimes I would, you know, be happy and then be sad. Be happy and then be sad. But I was just consistently sad. And it got really physically exhausting um, and straining. And so I just was like, I need to do something. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, you have to start like acknowledging the things that you need to work on. You have to, you know, like own up to it basically. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course there's like a series of things I needed to work on, but like, I know that like, I wasn't managing my time very well. And I know that I was using like all like this work, um, And constantly having to work to kind of like not think about the stuff that I didn't want to acknowledge so I would use work to keep myself busy pandemic there wasn't a lot of work to do so it forced me to kind of just acknowledge the stuff that I had to work on yeah so I think it starts uh, first with like acknowledgement
1: yeah I agree I was not okay I mean I was okay I wasn't my best um at Mm -hmm. all my first year of teaching obviously like We've talked about that but I did I wasn't like faced with the chance and the time and the space to like approach how to deal with that until like you said the pandemic like um we went into summer pretty quickly after it started and it was like I have literally nothing to do besides think about going into the next school year and like this past school year and how do I make it better for myself yeah.
0: And also, during the pandemic, I mean, that was, like, March, April, May, the summer, and, like, everything that was happening with, like, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. George Floyd. I mean, that was – there was just so much that – Happening. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Big change um, on mental health. Yeah.
1: So, so, should we go into, like, our, our top things that we do to take care of our mental health?
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, I it? guess – Yeah. Like, I think – and, again – I think the thing that people need to understand is that we tend to compare our mental health journeys with other people. So then when mm-hmm. if we feel like it doesn't align, mm-hmm. then it, it it's not correct um, or, or they're not, or maybe I'm not doing it like the right way. So we tend yeah. to feel like we have to do extra stuff that we actually may not need. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to like put that out there. So for me, yeah. I know that like I was having like body image issues, right? That was causing like a lot of stress. Um like doing all of these diets and just like worrying so much about my image. But then, you know, when you start feeling bad for so long, you start to just focus on like, okay, what's going to make me feel good? Mm-hmm. Um, so once I started, you know, to focus on the inside of my body, my mind, the whole body, that's mm-hmm. when, you know, I started to see results and started to, you know, reach my goal, but not the goal to look good. The, the looking good came with, the fact yeah. that my goal was to actually feel good. Mm-hmm. And then the looking good came with it because my mindset is this. If you are working out to get a certain body type, that body type is going to come months later. Right. So it's not very motivating to like get up and exercise for something that's going to happen months later. What is motivating is that you're going to exercise and you're going to know that you're going to feel better in about 30 minutes. Like this is going to make me feel good right now. You actually look different
1: after one workout, but you feel different
0: hmm Exactly. So when that starts to become the priority, then you start to do things that will make you feel good. So for example, eating healthy, like you eat healthy because it's literally going to make you feel good. And like, it doesn't mean don't eat cookies, don't eat all the junk food that you love, you know, but it means like, I'm not going to eat five cookies because I, I know it's going to make me feel sick, but I'll have a cookie yeah. and I'll be fine.
1: That makes me think of, sorry to interrupt you, but a mm-hmm. conversation we had about, like, obviously we've both had, like, eating struggles, Um, like, changing your mindset from, and this happens, like, you can't, it, this is easier said than done, but changing your mindset from, like, what am I not eating, or how little can I eat to be skinny, as opposed to, like, what can I eat, how much can I eat to feel good?
0: Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. like, a
1: very, or was, for me, a very important change in like what I was saying to myself and what I was thinking Mm -hmm. every second every day
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's what it is it's like it's like it starts with the change in mindset like you can't do all the things that you want to do and meet all the goals you're going to do and change if your mindset doesn't change Mm -hmm. like you have to like fix those patterns so that's why I say it's like acknowledging what you need to work on first And then focusing on those things. Mm -hmm. So I know I had a serious like body image issues. That was predominantly a lot of my stress. And so I would, you know, I focus with that. Um, And then, so yeah, I think, and also that really helped with my body image is of course unlearning what we think is a good body. Mm-hmm. What's beautiful? Mm-hmm. Like we need to unlearn like those standards. Mm-hmm. So I love. I know we talked about this, but I love this trend that's been happening on social media, where it's like one girl, for example, will be like, "All right, this is my stomach before I eat. You know, it's like fly and whatever. And like yeah. this is my stomach after, and it's that's like super bloated. Straight. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, see, like this is natural. It has to happen. Or like, or like girls were like, cell- how- like- hmm Uh-huh. Like here's my cell- stomach. Like we all have
1: it." Sorry. seriously. Like, who said that there's like like people with like, I don't
0: know. Like, like I don't need to get rid of
1: it. Like, can we not? Yeah. Just
0: like exactly. Like it's so natural. And like we keep on forgetting that Photoshop exists. I don't know yeah. why we keep forget. Like it's literally it's there for everybody. Every single person has it. Mm-hmm. And just like, I don't know. And then the way that people pose completely change how your body looks. So yeah. a lot of stuff we see isn't even real. So we're trying to meet standards that don't exist you know and then we also have different body types you you can't make your body a certain type body if you don't have the body type you can't change your internal structure you know so like that you have to unlearn that you know and like I don't know start exposing yourself to people who you know have like different body types for example like you can love your Bella Hadid and your Gigi Hadid but you should like also expose yourself to, like, other people with different mm-hmm. body types who are, like, just as amazing.
1: So, okay, so your, your starting point was changing your mindset from, like, um, how you look externally to how you feel internally, you would say. Exactly,
0: yeah. So basically to a point where it's, like, you're, you're treating your body like you love it. Yeah. So you can actually feel like you love it. Is
1: there something you did, a practice, or something, like, tangible that helped you with that change?
0: Um, I think it was just kind of, like, lots of reflection and, like, talking to myself. Like, physically Um,
1: talking out loud, to yourself, speaking.
0: Either physically or honestly writing. Like, I think that was going to be my other point. Yeah, like, journaling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, just reflecting, like, like why I'm feeling certain ways. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like, I needed to make my motivations clear Mm -hmm. um, about what I was doing. Um, And... I think that like, that's what it was like, what honestly motivated me was just like about that feeling, like, you feel a difference when when you're healthy, when you're feeling healthy, you feel happy. Um, And when you're not, like, yeah, you feel super sluggish and tired, and like, you don't want to deal with it. So food and all that stuff made me a more motivated, successful person when I was focusing on being healthy and feeling happy, rather than looking a certain way. So I think that it was that mantra, I would just repeat that to myself.
1: Yeah. So I love that. Um, Mm -hmm. And journaling wouldn't have, isn't my first thing. I was going to say something else first, but Mm -hmm. I'll want to jump off what you said. Um, I journal for sure. And I started during COVID because I was freaking bored and um, people were talking about it on social media. So I I also started because this is like a whole other thing, but like, remember when I was speaking with that woman about like, career stuff she was like a career therapist
0: yes um, yes. And, um
1: a a uh, coach whatever mm-hmm. about like what I was going to do with my life she, she also like got me into journaling she would like give me prompts and stuff um so it started off more career focused and mm-hmm. then I started using it for like all aspects of my life like writing down um my days just like I like to write down things that I want to remember because like time goes so fast but then also I would write down things that made me happy in the day like simple things like being outside Mm -hmm. or driving in my car because I was trying to figure out like what kind of life I want to live like not like spiritually that too but like literally like Mm -hmm. what do I want my job to be where do I want to live like what on a daily basis do I enjoy um Mm -hmm. And then I started with, um, like, gratitude and stuff like that. And part of that was, like, with um, my, like, body journey. Um, I would write down, I would try to write down, like, every once in a while, a few times a week, like, something I'm physically grateful for. Like, like, I would write down, like, I am grateful for my body. And I, like, made me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but, like, I should be. Like, I'm physically healthy. Like, I can exercise. Like, I love working out um I'm able-bodied and like things like that that I don't appreciate I started writing down and and that was definitely helpful
0: I love that because like one of the like um this like one of the privileges that we tend to kind of forget yeah. that we have is that we, we are able-bodied yeah you know that is like mm-hmm. a privilege you know so we have to like acknowledge that because mm-hmm. and we always yeah, should be and it's interesting that you say like like you're forcing yourself to say, like, I love my body. It makes you feel uncomfortable. But once you keep saying those things to yeah. yourself, it you start to believe it. Like, like I if can you say it like, out loud now. Mhm. You know, like exactly. Mhm. Like, like fake I, it to you make it is real. Yeah. Like that's and true. Like,
1: and being specific. Like, I'm grateful for my hair. I'm grateful for my eyebrows. I'm grateful for like I don't think I have very ugly feet. Feet are kind of rough.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like actually writing down things you like and then like pushing yourself to like go further and be like, I just like love myself. I'm grateful mm-hmm. for my
0: like, physical mm-hmm. being. So exactly. Just, like, journaling is a really good mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And also, one thing I like about journaling. Yeah, go ahead. One thing I like about journaling is just mainly just like, I've been, I've been doing this thing where I also like prioritize my days. Mm-hmm. So, cause you know, in your days you get so overwhelmed cause you have so much to do in like a week, but like mm-hmm. maybe you don't have to do that thing you have to do right now. Maybe you have to do it in two days. It was kind of like today. I'm going to focus on this and this, all right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stress about anything else yeah. because I'll be fine. You know, I'll do that later. So whenever you set out like a date and time to do something, like in a day, like you just feel more comfortable knowing that like, that's all you have to do rather than like, you know, concentrating all the things you have to do in one day, just really spreading that out and really setting like realistic times because people overstack their schedules, like just be realistic. What are you actually going yeah. to do? Um, yeah.
1: I think that like a. Was- a part of journaling or similar for journaling part of my like mental health would be having a physical planner like I love to yeah an actual planner that I write in for work and like for stuff like that when I'm stressed out about how much I have to do like being able to write it down where you're gonna do it when you're gonna do it is, is nice for me personally like that's helpful
0: mm-hmm. yeah no, I yeah, I love my planner. Yeah, I'm so constantly on that all the time, <laughs> all over the place. I don't know, like I literally can't be an organized person without it. Like I have, and if you don't, if people only use cal- like planners, I like to write stuff down personally. But like, just use a freaking calendar or planner. Like, mm-hmm. put that stuff out. It will make you feel better. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like the whole point of journaling. It's like just it helps you organize your thoughts so that like you're not all over the place and you're not feeling that stress. Cause I'm an overthinker and I have things, I keep everything in my head. If I know it's laid out and organized for me, I'll know that it will be fine. Cause it's mm-hmm. out there now.
1: Um, okay. My, what I was going to say before we got into journaling is meditation,
0: which mm-hmm.
1: um, is, I feel like there's a lot of like immediate connotations when people say that. Um, but like I, am like so die hard for meditation like I will tell anyone everyone to meditate like I know my dad started meditating after his like heart scare stuff um and I was like I could never that is so boring like I have a million thoughts in my head at all time like I'm way too like active like I'm not the type of person quote unquote who would meditate um and then I started doing it Ariana shout out if you ever listen to this Ariana made me, like, listen to Melissa Wood with her one time. And, like, I immediately was a... During my first year of teaching, I was so anxious and, like, crazy. And I think the main thing that I was that I'm, I'm much less so now is reactive. Like, I would, like, bottle things up at work and then, like, freak out. And the kids would be, like, what the hell just happened? Like, she was literally, like, fine one second ago. And with like uh, like my family definitely was like she's so dramatic like I would just like freak out about stuff like I would get so frustrated and angry um randomly because I like wasn't like I didn't know how to I don't know just like be freaking calm like I was not a calm person Mm -hmm. which is fine like I it's not like I want went into it wanting to change myself Mm -hmm. but um so I started meditating every day and you know, obviously, like, sometimes I don't, or, like, I change up, like, when I do it, but I pretty much meditate five to ten minutes every single day before I literally do anything. Like, I open my eyes, I set my timer, and I meditate. Um, so, like, I don't look at – well, I have to turn my timer on my phone, but I don't, like, look at anything on my phone. Um, I don't even get out of bed. Um, I just, like, immediately meditate. <clears throat> and it is just, like, immensely immensely – so, I'm like kind of choking on canceling so as they talk. Immensely helped <laughs> with my anxiety and being reactive.
0: Mm-hmm. <coughs> I was like, Anyways, oh. no, yeah, no, I, I know exactly yeah, what you mean because I mean, with meditation, it, it, the reason why it works is not because like you're meditating and then all of a sudden you're happy. Meditation, what it does is it makes you realize because you're doing it so you're just a backtrack. You're meditating and you're sitting there and you're trying not to get consumed by your thoughts. You're just trying to stay present. You focus on noises, you focus on how you feel, all that stuff. You try to stay in the moment. Okay. And then when you're done, you're probably gonna start thinking about all this stuff again. But the more you do it, the more you'll start to remember when you start to lose, when you start to not be present. So rather than not being present for like 10 minutes at a time, then all of a sudden you're not present for maybe five minutes and then you're not present for three minutes because you start to make yourself kind of like, Oh, I, I just dozed off. Like, let me focus more, mm-hmm. you know, because meditation ge- makes you do that. that yeah. And I think people that they don't understand that component. It, it makes you a mindful person because you're getting used to being mindful. Yeah. You know, it's, you've established a practice.
1: And you can bring that into moments where you're anxious or like angry. <coughs> oh my God. Like, I I would do it when my kids started in class and driving me crazy for whatever reason. Um, Like, thinking about, let me just, like, take a deep breath. Do I really Mm -hmm. want to freak out about this? Mm -hmm. Or, like, if I was anxious. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I wish I could edit this out, but I don't know how to do that. If I was anxious and, like, telling myself things that weren't true or like making up these scenarios in my head you can like channel your meditative self
0: mm-hmm. yeah and I don't know it just it's one of those things that like mm-hmm. it's supposed to play our play a part like throughout your like whole entire day and like that's what I like about it too it's like it makes yeah. you reflect and gotcha. I was listening to Exactly, yeah, and like it makes you it, it makes you like a better person other ways, for example, a lot of people like tend to think like someone's actions is, is like a direct like effect or affects them direct like okay, I don't know I'm something over my words I think I don't we know. have yeah, so like we tend to think it's always about us, right yes, everything yes. somebody does, you know, for example. When you're in line at the store and someone's like chit chatting with like the cashier, and just taking a long time, and you're just like you're getting so mad and noise, like they should be like, they're just being so rude and they're not even c- caring about people around you. But it's like, but then they're maybe like, you lean in more into the conversation and they're talking about, you know, they happen to know each other and like they're t- catching up or something like that. So it's not that they don't care about other people, about it's just that. You know, they're having like they're catching up or having a good conversation, you know, and like with meditation, it makes you decenter yourself. It makes you really truly understand that like people are very much consumed in their own lives constantly, just like you are. And they're not thinking about you. They just don't have the capacity to think about you, you know. And so once we start to understand that, then we take everything less personally, literally everything less personally. That also made me think about traffic.
1: I feel Mm -hmm. like a time where I I really noticed I've become a calmer graphic because I used to get so angry like oh my gosh um like it's embarrassing um sometimes there's literally nothing you can do about a situation and so why waste your energy getting your soul all like worked up and like Mm -hmm. I was like very good freak out all the time I hope that surprises you because I really don't think I'm like (laughs) that anymore. I'm definitely dramatic, Mm -hmm. but I don't get like angry and upset about things that I can't control anymore. And I a hundred percent think it's because of meditation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think so too, like, and of course, like with mindfulness too, (laughs) and some people like. They, they just like, they refuse to sit down for five minutes and meditate. Like they can't like, and I think that people should just get over themselves and just do it, yeah. you know? And then eventually you'll get to it because it's you a practice, it you will get it. Literally just do it for two minutes. Like I really do think it's possible. Like it's not, no one's saying 10 minutes, 30 minutes. Like they just do it for two minutes. Like you can sit there and it's not easy. It is hard. The first few weeks are going to be hard but then you get used to it. Like anything you do, when you practice it, you get better. This and is I literally phases, known to work.
1: Yeah. And I have phases where, yeah, like there's science behind it. not
0: mm-hmm. just- Like they've literally studied monks' brains and they're like, what the fuck? You know, and like- I
1: have days where I'm like, I don't feel like doing this, but I always feel better when I do.
0: Mm-hmm. You do feel better.
1: Like, not just like doing it when you're in the mood to be like zen and like yoga, meditation
0: exactly like you have to do it consistently it's not like every now and then because you're not going to get the effects if you do it once a month Same like thing you with- yeah. it's a practice you know like you you need to learn how to implement it in your everyday lives constantly throughout the day so that means you have to meditate every single day you can um, do it one time so, and
1: then be like i don't like it you have to try
0: yeah like people think that when they hear about meditation it's like yeah and then you meditate and you're happy no you meditate for months and months and months and you <gasps> feel better. like We need. I guess we need to be realistic in the way we like talk about like you know meditation and stuff but Mm -hmm. just do it just (laughs) do it and then maybe you don't want to sit down for two minutes fine because it's so insanely hard like be mindful when you're washing the dishes don't you know wander off and think about what you're driving while you're
1: walking Mm -hmm. and I do think what you said earlier is important like everyone's needs is different what works for everyone is different but I do think meditation is like worth worth at least trying it for everybody
0: yeah like just try for three weeks like it takes three weeks to create a habit do it for three weeks if it's literally the worst thing in the world fine stop but like try it don't knock it until you try it literally yeah Um, yeah I, I think I just do think there is enough research to back it up at this point, yes, like that too, that too. Mm-hmm. It's not a fad.
1: Um, no, no. Yeah, definitely, definitely changed my um me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds dramatic, yeah. but it has. Like, I'm just like I'm more at peace with myself, my surroundings. No,
0: absolutely patience. same. Patience mm-hmm. is a
1: virtue, right, Mom? I never had patience until I started my Mm-hmm.
0: Journey. Not so yeah. Long. I think that's been my mantra lately is like patience it's like if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen I can only control my thoughts and actions mm-hmm. that's it that's all I can control so I have to just go with it um and so with that in mind it's like when you think about like I don't know so much little is in your control like what is in your control is kind of like how you can manage your th- time right like, a lot of people can get really burnt out, you know, and maybe spend, like, just a few hours on their phone, you know, because God. they just don't want to do anything. I was about to bring that up, but keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that this would be, like, a good segue. And, like, you're spending hours on your phone because you're taking a break, quote-unquote, taking a break. But, you know, when you're on your phone, you are actually spending, like, a lot of energy mm-hmm. just scrolling. Um, a lot of people think you're just there. No, you're actually using a lot of energy. So, you're not technically resting. But also shows that you do have time to maybe allocate to something Yourself. that's going to actually – make you feel happy and it's not saying go be productive and go you know work and catch up on your work we're saying like do the things that you used to enjoy so I really enjoyed reading Mm -hmm. you know and like I just stopped reading for leisure completely because I was so busy you know with all the things that I had to do but I just started to force myself and allocate time to read and once I started reading I started feeling good about myself because I was learning new things I was doing the thing that I enjoyed because I always felt so guilty for so long not reading you know you
1: reading that's like my favorite hobby besides working
0: out yeah like I okay. really missed it um and I wasn't doing it because I was so overwhelmed and stressed and but once yeah. I started forcing myself to do those things I started to feel better
1: like if I have time to go on Instagram I have time to read a book and unless you don't like reading I know some people don't like reading but
0: um exactly like I I know that like I mean I do have a lot on my plate and I can still manage my time. It just means that I'm not on my phone as much. Yes. Um, because your phone is taking up the time. Like, you have time to be on Instagram. You're right. You have time to do the other things that you actually want to do.
1: Um, so, what I was going to say as, like, my third thing. So, like, meditation, journaling. I would say my third thing that's really helped me <clears throat> prioritize my mental health this past year is, like, social media boundaries. Like, I don't look at my phone unless it's, like, a work day and I need to, like, check my phone. But, like, I don't go on social media for, like, the first hour after I wake up. <coughs> oh, my gosh. I don't have COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't do it right before I go to bed, either at the last hour before I go to bed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, I feel like I told you on Shabbat I have gotten into a habit of, like, deleting my Instagram and, and Snapchat. Um from, like, for Shabbat, for those 24 Mm -hmm. hours, um, for, like, a break, and I've also, because realistically, like, I'm always gonna, like, have social media, I'm not somebody who can just, like, totally delete it, um, I've spent a lot of time, like, going through who I follow, and unfollowing people that, like, make me feel bad, um, what accounts do I follow that, like, make me, that trigger my, like, eating disorderly thinking about eating? Um, Who do I follow that, like, just makes me feel, like, anxious? Like, accounts, like, famous people, too, not, like, random strangers. And then, who do I follow that makes me feel good? So like, obviously, like, we both love Sammy Clark. I'm like, who are her? Like, who does she follow? Like, what else can I follow that mm-hmm. makes me like, feel good and motivated, not like anxious and insecure? Yeah. Um, so that when I am on social media, it's not um like a negative space.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think so, too. Yeah, that's definitely like the way to do it. And like, yeah, and people do like their social media breaks and stuff like that. But like, just kind of surrounding yourself with like the energy that you want to feel Mm -hmm. I think is like the way and that like when it comes to social media like you know unfollowing people that make you feel bad it's like re looking at your relationships that you have to think about like do the relationships that I have now are they making me feel good yeah um about myself it's like
1: yeah it's like the same thing on social media like you think about who's in your life and yeah, like who brings you up, makes you happy and excited. Like mm-hmm. your who you follow should should be the same way.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Because
0: we spend yes. so much time. Yes, that's um, a that.
1: content on social media. Oh my
0: god, so much time, so much time. I know. I think I'm due for um, a nice. social media break. I know. I like to just do like a few weeks here and there, um, just clear my head and but it's like so crazy because like it also like you feel like so detached about from like whatever is going on so you have to like go Mm -hmm. because like i usually i like instagram because sometimes because here's the thing one thing i we think we need to do a podcast about like how to actually use social media i like to use instagram as ways to kind of like tell me what i should look up and see what is going on so if i see like this thing occurred I'm not gonna use that source as my information source. I'm gonna use that as oh interesting. And I'm gonna go look it up on Google and research about it and actually read the information yeah. because literally nine times out of ten, every single time I research something that I saw on Instagram, it's always so exaggerated or incorrect. You know, it just yeah. it's not wrong, it's not right. Like but I don't I don't wanna share. Like we are
1: always DM yeah. each other, like
0: New. no exactly you can yeah. definitely learn a lot like it's but, like your like, way to kind of like surface level stuff usually on very surface level like that you can't just share a thing you're like this is what's happening no it's very watered down this is you know make certain there's certain things that you know shouldn't share so for example the things that's happening with cuba you know everyone was sharing you know the stuff about cuba and how like the united states needs to like intervene and it's like that's the last thing we want the reason why cuba is suffering is because the united states intervened and like put in all those sanctions yeah you know we actually want the us to step out you know so like when we see stuff like that on social media like you have to be so so careful because i learned that there's something happening in cuba but also it's telling a b and c that which is not correct or and or if it's exaggerated so very very careful about that so that's like a whole other topic but yeah yeah. of course we're going to segue we're going to mention something political that's always going to happen um (laughs) yeah,
1: more to say on that, but I'll
0: save it for another conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but yeah. I think overall, I think the last thing like <laughs> I was going to mention is just when we taking the time to kind of like do things that you enjoy, like you're trying to have as many fun experiences as possible as, as possible because like not only is it enri- enriching, but it's nostalgic. it reminds you of the joy in your life. It makes you feel grateful. You know, if you go and hang out with friends and stuff like that, you're just reminded about, like, how many people, good people you have around you. You know, if you, like, call family members, like, it reminds me that reminds you that family, you know. You have, like, all of those things. I think, if anything, it's, like, gratitude is everything. So, taking the time to actually enjoy yourself because that makes yeah, you feel more yeah, grateful. And I think when you're more like, grateful. Mm-hmm. Fun, I
1: guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, wait, what was I about to say? Oh, this is, like, not what you were saying. But my other thing that's, like, change, I, it sounds so dramatic to say changed my life. But you know what? It has. Um, like, having a morning and nighttime routine. And I know, like, that's, like, sounds cliche. Um, but it, the morning one gets me, like, excited to wake up. Mm-hmm. And the nighttime one is, like, a nice way to wind down. And, like, I sleep better. And it helps with, like, anxiety and also just, like, I don't know. I love having a morning and nighttime routine.
0: Me, too. I've been doing that. I Like, when Ramadan happened, we have to, like, get up um, really early. And it's called oh, Sukhud. Yeah. So we get up before, like, the sun rises. Um, and so I was doing that for Ramadan. And, like, I got up, like, a little bit early to, like, work out mm-hmm. and then eat. I have my coffee and then the sun rises. Um, so I would start doing that. And then after Ramadan was over, I mean, I realized like that made me feel so good during Ramadan. I was like, okay, I'm not going to stop this. Yeah. So I like wake up just like 30 minutes early just so I can do my workout, have my breakfast, my coffee, having that time. Because if you're rushing out the door every morning, you're starting off your day very stressed. Yeah. So like I know waking up early can be hard, but it's like do it because it, it literally makes your day so much better and then also forces you to go to bed at the same time or like early every day so like I make sure I go to bed at 10 o'clock every single day because like, it get help it doesn't I don't know I don't want to be I don't know experiments information but like is that like circadian ry- rhythm like it helps your your circadian rhythm or like your internal time clock or something like that <clears> throat> like throat> you are less tired you have more energy throughout the day when you go to bed and wake up at the same time every yes. day no that is true Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I also think something about like routine <coughs> routines and sleeping oh my gosh um that I had to kind of unlearn was like I would I was like really um strict and like high maintenance about my schedules and my routines uh um, when I was home but when I went on vacation or like on the weekends I didn't do anything um and so I've recently started being like I don't want to feel like shit after I go away for the weekend I don't want to feel like shit and be like scared of Monday on Sunday so like I'm just gonna keep doing my routines um I'm going to meditate on the weekends and when I travel like take all my vitamins whatever bring my journal with me like um not just not work out because I'm with my friends drinking for the weekend like Mm -hmm. I like why would I stop doing everything that makes me feel good just because I'm not like at home especially Mm because I do travel so much so being consistent with that is very helpful um Mm -hmm. i don't like it helps with like sunday scaries because i those are a real thing and like um just like feeling good when you are like out of your normal routine keeping some of it with you i think is really helpful Mm -hmm. for like anxiety Mm -hmm. and everything
0: a hundred thousand percent yeah definitely a routine and like keeping up with our team i think honestly if anything like When it comes to mental health and like whatever journey you may choose, consistency is key. Just be consistent. And it looks so different for everybody. Like someone can listen to this podcast and literally just do the complete opposite. The point is like we are responsible for our own happiness. And I know that me saying that does come from a place of privilege because I am privileged to not have to worry about, you know, housing. I have a job that can pay for housing. I have access to food. You know, I have all my basic necessities met. So it gives me time to think about my mental health journey, Yes, you know, and like a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of people don't really have that. A lot of people are experiencing like serious poverty right now and possibly homelessness. Like they don't have time to be like, I need to meditate today. They, I mean, it would like, sure help and all stuff, but it's like that it can't work as easily because you know, they don't have the That's same good privileges as me. acknowledgement
1: that, yeah, mm-hmm. we are lucky that we mm-hmm. like, have the time to focus on mental health. And it should be, like, mm-hmm. a priority in everybody's life and, in our yeah. like, medical community. But, like, it's realistically um, kind of comes last after all these other things you need in
0: life. Exactly. So it's, like, just to summarize, you are 100,000% responsible for your own happiness. But... It can look so different for everybody because yeah. you know we live in a hierarchical society and there's different things that people are going through, mm-hmm. so yeah,
1: this is like a little off topic, but thinking about you saying consistency is key, I think that was key for both of us with our like food stuff, our eating things, um, which is obviously very tied up in your mental health, um, and like your confidence, and um like, your identity, I guess, um, being consistent with what you're putting in your body, mm-hmm. like, in, like, physically, not just, mm-hmm. like, what you're consuming on social media and, um, how you're, like, treating yourself emotionally and mentally, but, like, what you're putting in your body can, it is important to stay consistent with, because, yeah, obviously, like, for me, it was an issue with, like, this is a whole other topic, but, like, kind of like going on binges and then like starving myself is the exact opposite of consistency. Mm -hmm. Um, And it creates a lot of like emotional and mental stability to be treating yourself Mm -hmm. physically consistent.
0: Exactly. And I think like what helped me with eating healthy is actually learning about what my body needs. And I think that we need to like doctors, only get like 10 hours of nutrition in like eight years of schooling so That's but nutritionists crazy. yeah are a whole other thing get your information from nutritionists they will tell you exactly what works for your body what certain things will make you feel, your body. how certain things That's will make you thing. feel it's also And also um, for everyone and Julia gave me or let me borrow the book uh body, body love, love. Oh, Read Body Love. I'll teach you everything you need to know about what you actually need in your body because that book just changed everything. As long as you have your fibers, fats, greens, and protein in every meal, you're good. Also don't worry about oh carb. No. I'm have good. all four and you're chilling.
1: But also, like I think something that was problematic for me is like getting so triggered by what other people are doing. Like if mm-hmm. I have a friend who like doesn't eat carbs or doesn't eat gluten or mm-hmm. doesn't eat dairy or whatever like I'm like should I be doing that like would I like look better if I was doing that but it's just like depends on your body and what makes you feel good like I eat um like carbs and grains every day because it makes me feel good I don't eat that much sugar because it makes me break out like mm-hmm. that's like my own body responding to what I'm doing and like me listening to that not like yeah. what someone else is doing
0: and I think like the key was like do not restrict anything of course, don't binge eat because it's not good for anybody, but don't restrict yourself. Don't be like, I can't have sugar all week. Like, also, like, you can have something.
1: Some people can be like that. Like, my dad, for mm-hmm. example, like, like, as soon as he had that heart thing, he, like, cut out all the stuff in his diet. He literally doesn't care.
0: Like, he eats to, like,
1: get energy, not because he, like, yeah. appreciates food or, like, life. But it's it. not like it, it,
0: it like, causes him stress and makes you sad. Yeah, like, you know? that yeah
1: puts me in, like, a very dark place when I, like, mm-hmm. go on diet and stuff. Yeah, so, same. Like, I just – I know that I can't do that. And I don't care. It's mm-hmm. fine that he does,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, like, do what, what feels good. If, it, if you feel good, actually feel good with what you're doing, then you're doing the right thing, basically. That, what you're doing is working. Yeah, yeah. I
1: think that uh, Kelly Levy, or whatever her last name is, in Body Loving, she talks about consistency.
0: Mm-hmm. And like going Absolutely. on vacation
1: and stuff, and like how you like don't like how how to not sabotage yourself when like you're a little bit off.
0: hmm hmm And like how to reset in a healthy way, and like all that type of stuff. Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah, definitely um, consume your information from nutritionists. Do not read diet blogs or any of that. Diets are fake. They're fake. They're fake. Diets are fake. Don't diet. Yeah.
1: Um, I've literally done every single diet that exists. So I can Same. definitely vouch for you on that. I can, att- um, and yeah,
0: and I can attest to it because it's all, it's, it didn't work. None of them worked. Makes you the best. Yeah. But mm-hmm. part of
1: the, uh, also like I,
0: <clears throat> I can't
1: talk. Also mental health, self-care. I know for both of us, like working out is also top, top um, practices. Mm-hmm
0: to, yeah, um, feel good mentally and physically. I just wanted to mention that. That's it. Yes, everyone, just, yeah, your response for your own happiness, do what you can, baby steps. Doesn't mean you have to do everything that was listed in a day. It's You start eating healthy slowly, start being nicer to yourself slowly. And then, you know, a year later, like you still feel better, like start feeling better now. Any little thing you do will make you feel better. You don't have to do like steps one through 10 to feel better, little steps, anything works.
1: Yeah, and everybody's different. Um, Yes,
0: everybody's different.
1: And um, I don't know
0: what I was gonna say. Probably something not working at, no, I forget. Well, I guess we can end it here. Um, yeah, wait,
1: wait wait i'm going to i made it i took notes while you're talking are <laughs> like bullet point mental health self-care things journaling um indent having a planner <laughs> and a journal mm-hmm. meditation mm-hmm. social media boundaries morning and nighttime routines <clears throat> And working out. And our overall theme, I guess, would be that consistency is key.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. I would say so. Am I missing anything? Mm-hmm. I guess overall, like, unlearning what you know or what you think you know about, like, the mental health journey.
1: Unlearning your bad habits. Yes, and relearning good ones. If you have bad ha- bad habits, you know uh, we have both had bad
0: habits. Doesn't so mean everyone does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically that. So everything you just listed. Um. And yeah, and I think it just starts like just acknowledge that you do have steps that you need to work so on, also um, and then finding uh, what that same is. Way. Mm-hmm. Same
1: way that physical health is like, you have to acknowledge that like it is a an existing part of you that needs attention.
0: Mm-hmm. Shout out yeah. to Simone Files. Oh, nice. oh Dan. Yeah. Well, she's say, she's to, doing what she needs to do for herself. So good on her. My yeah. people are so
1: judgmental and like shocked because we don't take mental health as seriously as anything else.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we yeah. Share. So yeah. Love yourself. Like love yourself.
0: That. Oh, cute. We'll leave it at that then. Yes. Okay.
1: uh, P.S. I apologize for choking to death throughout that whole
0: time. Yeah. No, it was a good time. Of course. Choking on your water. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. It's probably
1: because I'm like chugging water. So Zena, see you on Monday and we'll record again next week.
0: All right. See you later. Bye. Bye.